Hey guys, Pastor Jurgen here. I'm so glad you're tuning into one of our powerful messages that is guaranteed to absolutely elevate your life to another level. At Awaken, we only want to preach fresh, real, powerful to help you grow stronger in your walk with God, develop your faith so you can take more territory. I'm praying that God blesses you and enriches your soul as you listen to this amazing word from God. God bless you. You know, uh, every life needs a hero, right? Every mind needs a hero. And they decide your energy, your endurance, your experience. They expand you and their proximity. And uh, I was in Minnesota about a couple months ago. And um, I remember the pastor said, hey, do you heard of those people called, I think his name is Jurgen and Leanne? And I go, yeah, Jurgen's a friend of mine. He goes, well, we watch them every week. We've never met them or anything, but they closed down everything in our area. They shut down, and we didn't even have a church, but we believe God called us to build a church. We're in our 50s, but we would get so much courage watching Pastor Jurgen and Leanne. We decided to open a prayer center, then a church. They had a big old church in a matter of two years. He goes, we just did everything that they did out there in San Diego. We didn't know if it was going to work, but we figured that guy's got enough boldness to do it. We should, too. And then I was speaking a couple weeks ago at Ocean's Church, a great church in Orange County, California, uh, about 6,000 people underneath a tent. And I was speaking there, and he goes, hey, are you, are you friends with Pastor Jurgen Matesius? I go, funny enough, I am. And I go, I go, that's my home church. I decided I, we asked them to be our pastors, my wife and I, about two years ago. We give, we, we're a part of the church. You don't see us all the time, but we're here. We give and we're, we're online wherever we're traveling. But I, he goes, man, that guy, I took so much insight and strength and courage and decided to build my church when everybody told me there's no way to do it in this season. He says, we built a church with overwhelmingly odds against us, all because we had a model that we could follow. Give it up for your pastor, Pastor Jurgen and Liam. Yeah, Jenny and, come on, Morgan, would you guys stand real fast? How many of you guys appreciate the gift they are? And just while you're standing here for a minute, I'm going to get into my message you're going to like today. It was really good first service, and you're going to like it. But um, I want to say to you that two, con two contracts, two ideas are going to come to you, to you to cross your path in the month of July. One's going to become from the business world, and one's going to come more from a church idea. And God's going to have his hand in it, but the month of July is a marked month for you. And God's really, really proud of you. You've taken some really gigantic steps. I can see it. And God's really, really proud these last three months. And God's about to expand your voice where other people are going to call from different places, Virginia in particular. You'll be there in the fall or the beginning part of the next year. And God's going to open a really effectual door of opportunity around Virginia Beach in that area. And the Spirit of God's going to really use you, and you're going to unlock so many things. And you're going to be able to communicate as a community, a couple, about how God can take tragedy and turn it into triumph, how God can take the worst and turn it into something the best. God bless you. Give the Lord a clap and a shout. That's powerful. Man, we've been on a roll, John, I ain't gonna lie. I ain't gonna lie. Last Sunday, they had this little, uh, well, they had this woman, she was a Scientologist, and the Lord called her out of a crowd Sunday night in Beverly Hills, and her name, and she got instantly healed in front of everybody, and it was dramatic in how she gave her life to the Lord, and then I thought about a couple weeks ago, a little boy, you, see, you can see it online, a little boy with cerebral palsy. He had never been able to walk without a walker one day in his life, 15 years of age, and he interrupted the meeting. How many know sometimes you can't change your future till you disrupt your present? That was, for, that was free. That was an appetizer. That was good right there. Someone needs to tweet that real quick. Take the credit for it. Just send me a nice little message afterwards. Hey, I took that. You can't change your future till you disrupt your present. And this little boy, he came down in the middle of the meeting, and he walked down on his own. And he made his own little way with his walker. And he goes, I go, man, what are you here for? He goes, because I want to get healed. He had his little, his little lisp, and he goes, I go, for reals, you think it could happen to you? He goes, yeah. I go, why? He goes, because God really loves me. And I go, absolutely, he does. Oh, he goes, okay, let's do the healing. Because <laughs> he heard me talk about a God that performs, not just talks. And he interrupted, and the boy had never done it. I go, so this is what we're going to have to do. I go, we're going to have to take away your walker, and you can hold on to my arm. He goes, okay. I go, because we're not going to make a deal today. We're not going to go back to your walker. He goes, okay. He goes, I've been used to it, but I don't want to be used to it anymore. How many of sometimes you got to do something unusual? Do what you've never done to get what you ever got. And that little guy, bless his heart, he put his hand on my shoulder, and it was all jerky. 
It wasn't like all smooth, like, oh, this is a miracle on Christian TV. You know what I mean? Like he laid down, he got up, and it was all, no, 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 it was messy a little bit. It was all jerky. And he started moving, and he was moving like this and moving, and all of a sudden that kid took off on his own power. That little guy had never been able to walk without a walker one day in his life, but in a moment, one moment. Why are you saying that? Because there's going to be a moment here in this meeting. It's going to be different than the first meeting. There's a moment that's going to happen here for you today where God's going to, all of a sudden, he's going to interrupt the continuity of what you've been used to and the things that have gotten in the way. And all of a sudden, the things that have hindered you are going to be broken through. This isn't going to be just a church meeting. This is going to be a meeting where God meets you. Someone say me. Even if you messed up last night and you're still part high, come on, God's going to help you. He ain't tripping. He's convinced in his own ability to pull it off. He, does, he, he checks his W, his Wikipedia. He's Jehovah. Powerful. So just by faith, just say, God, thank you for miracles that are going to happen in my life today. Ooh, this is going to be really, really good. Right, real quickly before I speak, there's somebody's esophagus. Somebody's esophagus. You've had, like, problems either swallowing or tightness in your breathing. Ma'am, is that you in the, in the cheap seats? Okay, can you stand up for me, my love? What's your name? I'm sorry. Pat, would somebody around her, one of the nice loving people in our church, just put your hand on her shoulder because you care. There you go. Lord, thank you for Pat. Thank you that you love her so much that, Jesus, you took her pain so she could be healed. I thank you that the Lord says I'm going to remove the scar tissue that's been on the right hand. I see it's on the left, my left, your right. Lord, I thank you for going in there, removing the scar tissue and where there's been the little white secretion. I ask you, Lord, by the creative miracle healing presence of your spirit to go into that area. And, Lord, you would dissolve, I pray, dissolve the nodule. Dissolve it. You're going to feel a warmth go through right now, your esophagus. Now, bam, go through you. Go through you. You're going to breathe better. You're going to sleep better. Things are going to feel better. Take a deep, deep breath. Swallow. You're going to feel a lot different. What just happened? Swallow deep. Watch. Move your neck around. Watch how good you feel. This is a good day for you. It's healing day for you. What'd she say? They did a biopsy. Can I, can I remove the red tape so I can take shape? Is this okay before I speak? I promise I'll be good. What happened? I had an endoscopy because I've been having trouble from here to here. Yeah. And so I, um, they went down with the scope and they, I've got all kinds of pictures and this diagnosis, that diagnosis, and, and they found something and they did a biopsy, I'll know, in one to two weeks. Isn't it cool that before I would start my message, I wasn't really planning on doing this, that all of a sudden God would say, there's somebody here, they're struggling in their esophagus, and I saw secretions in the esophagus here where there's a white nodule, like a pus thing, a nodule, and then I saw like a really pinkish, purplish area, and God's bringing healing to all that. Isn't that cool that God singles out one person that he cares? Not false hope? Stretch your hands towards this wonderful woman. Come on, this wonderful friend. Pretend like it was your mama. Come on, your nana, your auntie. Me, what is it? What? My kids, me ma. like I said, our me <laughs> Jesus, thank you for healing our me I command every bit of these things to go, and I thank you, Lord, for releasing your. There's the creative miracle healing. You're gonna feel that go through like a warmth go through. Boom, go the way through her. Boom. I'm not into falling. I'm into healing, but that's okay. It is if it's God. If it, people do it, it's disgusting. Watch this. Come here for a minute. For real. You're like a local hero. Watch this. Lift your hands. You're a good man. You discredit yourself a lot. There's a lot of second guessing in you. And God's going to use you to break a mold from your family line. Where there's been cardiac situations, God's going to break that. And addiction things, you're going to be a Joseph to your family. You're going to be a dreamer your whole freaking life. You're going to dream big dreams. And God's going to pull things off for you supernaturally. He's going to open up in a door around October 21st, 22nd. I see it right in the calendar around in this year. And there's going to be a financial opportunity. It's going to allow you to be able to do stuff with property. God's going to expand you and expand. And that's why he's been exposing you to more. The Holy Spirit's going to take you where logic can't. It's not a logical gospel. It's a spiritual gospel. Thank you, Jesus, for all the good things that you're doing. And thank you, Lord, for bringing healing even into his soul, his body, all through his body. And there's a debt. There's a debt that's going to get canceled. Watch what happens. 
Well, it happened around January 14th to 15th of 2024. But watch, there's a debt that's about to be supernaturally canceled. This reminded me, and I got I to speak my message, but this reminded me when we were at the Emerge thing, God called out a person's name. Him and his dad had been estranged. They were in the same exact environment and called them both out by name. How wild God is. And then they had had a rocky relationship. And not only that, this is how cool our church is, what God does. God told that young man things about his life where he got healed and he gave his heart to Christ. The father and the son got reconciled. But what was beautiful about it is the Lord said, you're in a court case and you're going to go on Thursday. It's going to be wiped away. The young man had been framed for murder. He got in there and the judge goes, and this was the exact word that was on the stage. They're going to get in there and the judges and go, something's different about you. What, what happened? And they're going to see through the evidence and they're going to release you and you're going to be freed. On that Thursday, exactly, God not only did it, he freed him. Why am I saying that? There's a couple people with court cases in here and you're in, one's a custody case and one's like a business situation. Just lift your hand. There's one, two, yeah. If, you have, if you're in a court situation, let's believe God for you right now. Come on, how many, we, we can believe God. Is that cool? We can believe God. If you see someone with their hand up, put your hand on their shoulder. Come on. The prayer of a righteous people avails much. How many know God's able to do something, huh? Anybody believe in this? Come on. We don't just talk about God. Let's give God an opportunity. Jesus, supernatural turnaround, I pray that, Lord, you would silence the accuser. I thank you that justice for people comes from you, not man. Not from government. It comes from the Lord. And I thank you for supernaturally, Lord, making a way for us, our families. I thank you for bringing healing in situations. And I thank you that you would shut the mouth of the accuser against people. I pray that, Lord, you have redeemed, that you've anointed. You said that they are not to recall normal anymore because of the righteousness of God. I thank you for vindication and going into these situations and, Lord, making a way of escape, a way of escape. And there's someone with a financial debt. It's, I don't know if it's tied to that, of around 64, 64, 63, 64,000. Lift your hand. Don't be embarrassed. Just, God wants to help somebody right there. Can you stand up? Can you stand up? You're going to see something happen. You're going to see something happen, and God's going to lift the pressure because he loves you. He loves you. This is a really good day for you. Don't be nervous. This isn't Christian television. This is just people, the real Jesus people, caring about people. We're doing what Jesus would do, right? So lift your hands to God, and you're saying, okay, God, here's the pressure. Yeah, lift that. There you go. Because once you submit to God, we can resist the enemy. Thank you, Jesus, and I thank you, Lord, for supernaturally. Lord, I pray that it will go down to 41,000, and then it will be sliced to 29,000, and then 17,000, and then it will drop all the way to nine. I thank you for incrementally, Lord, what you're about to bring to pass over her life, and I thank you for lifting off this pressure and this oppression, and where you felt lonely and isolated in your soul, God's about to give you back your sense of well-being and belonging. You're going to feel like you belong again, where that's been isolated from you because of some of the painful things you went through, God's going to restore that sense of belonging and you're going to feel secure that he loves you and that he's with you and that sense of abandonment. He says that I come to restore the orphan where that's been felt orphaned in your spirit. God is restoring that to you today, my love. And you're going to find healing flowing through your body, even your female organs and in your track. I thank you, Lord, for bringing healing and regulating, regulating even like monthly things. Thank you, God, for bringing healing over her soul and her body. In Jesus' name. Does that make sense? What would you feel go through you? What's that? God's the presence of God touching you. Okay, we've got to get back to my message now, all right? All right. Okay, if you have your Bible, go with me to the first chapter, Genesis chapter 24. First book, I should say. How many like that so far, huh? That's good. Someone's ankles being healed, too. i got to stay on track because i got to speak my message, but... What's wrong with your ankle? You broke it? Like the woman the other day with a cast last Sunday. Can you, can you come down? You asked God for me to not forget about you? I'm standing there ready to speak my good speech. Look at it. And then you interrupted me and said there's somebody's ankle being healed. Is it the right ankle? The left. The right, yeah. Okay, come to this side right there where that beautiful person is right there, one of our high team. I think, do we have a high team? By the way, where's my guy? My guy with a hat. When I came in today, where's my homie? I love that guy. Man, I love you. Come down here like the price is right. I need you up here. Yeah, man, you just, 
I want to like do eat tacos with you or something. Come here, you world shaker. I'm gonna pray for her ankle, then I gotta speak. No, you don't even have to usher it out. You just come on up. You're, you're the champion. You know what I love is you make everybody better. You smile, you care, you put extreme value. I think when we get to heaven, we're going to be shocked. People think so many ministers are going to get credit. It's going to be so many people that love people, treated people with honor, valued, make people welcome, you serve people. I love that. Jesus said that's greatness in his kingdom, huh? His kingdom. Not world kingdom, his kingdom. Just, what do you want God to do for you? If, you were, if I was taking orders off the menu, what would you like? Find you a wife. All right, negotiations, negotiations, dowry, dowry. What do we got? What do we got? What do we got? Going once in the corner, going twice. Good looking. He got American flag on. He may not a traitor. Okay, he's got he got stuff working. Look at this. Joking. Lord, I thank you for giving him somebody to share life with. I thank you, and I know I'm honoring what you honor. That's what we do in this church. We honor what you honor, and that's people. And that, Lord, I thank you that he serves with a glad heart, a joyful heart. And I thank you that, Lord, these next six years are going to be super, super rich years for him. I thank you that you're regenerating cells in his body, his cardiac cells. And I thank you, Father, for a strong immune system. You're going to have a long, strong life. You got good days ahead. And, Lord, give him someone that likes to dance. That's my personal request. Give him someone he can, yeah, he's got that. I can feel it. I can feel it. Like, man, I want, we got to find a way to keep this guy always around. I like this. Man, God bless you. Yeah, you're cool. I'm going to pray for, where's your ankle? Which ankle? The right one. You broke it when? I like your shoes, by the way. Thank you, November 18th. November 18th. That's not fun. Oh, my gosh, my love. Jesus, I thank you that you're a healer and that you're still the same. You're going to feel a healing presence flow through that ankle now. Go through her Holy Spirit. I thank you, Jesus, for restoring the tissue and the tendon, that tendon that's on top that's been bruised deeply. I thank you for, Lord, a bruised reed. Scripture says it, but you take the discoloration and the pain out of it, and I thank you for flowing in there right now. And, Lord, I also thank you for just touching her mortal body. Lord, her, yeah, all of her lymphatic system, cleanse it. I see, Lord, I think, like, for cleansing of her lymphatic system. Also, thank you for removing that from her, and thank you things are better for her today. In Jesus' name. Start walking and look for healing. Move your leg. We're going to watch you walk, so you better do a good job. <laughs> You're beautiful. Well, I celebrate that. Come on, girl. Come on. Does that feel better? Yeah, it feels lighter. Jump up and down on it. Would that normally cause you pain? It's, it's working. So keep those prayers up. What's well, working? Or are you getting healed or you're not? I am. I, I am getting healed. No fake photography meme. Warmth, like right here. Yeah. God's just healing your body. Yeah. You said he was going to heal your lymphatic system and yeah. cleanse your lymphatic system. Thank you. Can I say a for you? No, not right now because i got to speak. Thank you so much. I love you. All right, here we go. Title of my speech is And Then Some. Someone say And Then Some. Slap the person next to you, say, and then some. Three words that have the power to revolutionize your life. Think about it. Promotion, prosperity, and prominence all hinge on these three words. They said that small hinges can swing some big, big doors. How many do that's true? These words describe someone who owns their life, the results they produce. They lead their life. They don't lease it out. They take charge of who they're going to become, what they're going to achieve, what they're going to give. How many of your life's way too precious to let somebody else's mind determine what you become over the next six months? You are going to arrive. The question is where? Who are you going to become? Will you lead it? Jesus said either make the tree good and its fruit good or else make the tree bad and its fruit bad. A tree is known and recognized by its fruit. But he says either. It's a choice. How many know that's true? Can I tell you, it's not what you get that's going to make you happy. It's not the position that's going to make you happy. It's not going on the vacation that's going to make you happy. Who you become will make you happy or sad, and what you give will make you happy or sad. The only way that I found in life, after 25 years of speaking, 48 countries, millions of people, and I've seen them different 
walks of life, from India to Africa to Mexico to Asia to America to North America to the richest to the poorest to the houses of made of dung. So I've been in mansions that are so freaking gigantic that I've gotten lost. True story. Had the butler had to come find me one time. It's a true story. Eddie Murphy's to everywhere else. All that, I can tell you that what you have will not make you happy. What you get will not make you happy. But who you become and what you give, that will make you happy. And then some describes a person that owns their life and they make decisions about how they're going to live. Decisions, not your conditions, will determine, according to Jim Rohn, how your life plays out. But they also describe somebody with a different mindset. And then some, I'm not going to just do the minimum. I'm not just going to do the expected. I'm not going to do just what everybody else does. I'm going to do what they do and then some more. How you know a little bit extra can make a massive difference in your life? Usually in boardrooms, and I could say this for 16 years in Fortune 5 meetings and boardrooms where they brought me in, it's usually not the smartest guy in the room that makes the biggest difference. It's someone with a different mentality, come on, where they want to sit there and they want to collaborate, they want to offer ideas, where they become very, very valuable in the meeting because it's not about, hey, just to be being smart, have an attitude of, I want to add value here. I'm going to do, just, I'm going to do some more. I'm going to do some more research. I'm going to show up with collaborative questions to engage different people, to connect people so that we can achieve more together, come on, than by, ourself, by ourselves. Does that make sense? But they also describe somebody, and I wrote in my notes, that... They're, they're, they have the power to direct their minds. They have the power to have an end, then some spirit is having a mind that says, you know what, I'm not just gonna do things at a low impact. I'm gonna do things at a very, very high impact. The extra mile, if you will. If someone's prepared to go to the extra mile, I wrote in my notes, they'll do everything they, hand, they can to help make something to succeed. They do something extra, more than what's required. They go out of their way. Ecclesiastes 9.10 says, whatever your hand finds to do, do it with all your might. No, it didn't say like, hey, just do it with some of your energy, some of your might. How many know it's easy to be mediocre in 2023? How many know everyone wants the seat of a victim? We live in the oppression Olympics, I said in the first, in the first service. It's like the oppression. No, I'm the victim. No, no, you're the victim. No, I'm the victim. My story's worse than you. Everyone's got a story of why they're the victim. Why they don't want to own their life and go the extra mile. Come on. But how many know you see that in the work ethic in, in our North America? How can I do the least but get the most? How can I do the minimum but I want the maximum? In marriage, in business, come on, in relationships. But the Bible says that God called you out of darkness to be in the light, and we are to let our light shine before men that they may see our good work. It didn't say just your prayers. It said they may see your work. How many know your work is your witness? Where you work isn't important, but how you work is important. We'd all do ourselves a lot of favor if we recognize God is our employer and God is my boss rather than somebody else employing me, that when I show up tomorrow, this is the day, because many of us look at work as it's punishment rather than opportunity. God shows work, Ecclesiastes chapter 519, as the ability, as the means to be able to produce and release your potential. Only when you work do you find what you're capable of creating and making. God's first revelation of himself in Genesis 1 is what? He's a creator and a performer. Sinatra sang his last note on earth. Come on. Jordan will one day shoot his last shot on earth. But how many know God will not quit performing his next miracle? If I'm going to walk in the spirit of God, part of that is being a worker. 564 times God references in the Bible the way people work. Diligent hands will bring wealth. If I work my land, I can have an abundance. If I have a slack hand, I become poe. Come on, somebody. But if I have a diligent hand, I could become rich. If I have a generous hand, I can increase. If I have hands lifted up to worship, come on, I can receive things from God. How many of you know, how many of you know that when you have an and then some spirit, you just don't do what everybody else does? Whether it's in your health, whether it's in your areas of your life. I think about that like, do you remember when they had back like that shaker you could get? Like you would buy this thing online. They tried to convince us that if you held that shaker, it would shake and you'd lose weight and you'd get like freaking ripped up abs. How dumb are we, America? They didn't do this in Africa. Come on, somebody. So you saw people. I think my grandpa got it. Come on. And he's sitting there. He's shaking. Come on. Because he thought in his mind, I can do the least, but I can get the maximum. 
You take an athlete, come on, an athlete that doesn't just do what he's normally required with all the teammates do, but then he stays later. He shoots the extra shots. I thought about Kobe Bryant and during the Olympics back some years ago. He says he called the trainer at 4 in the morning. He says, I need you to meet me at 4.15 a.m. He goes, why, Kobe? It's four. Practice is not until 11.30. It's our first practice for the dream team that they had for the Olympics. He goes, I want to go in there and work out. I, he says, he goes, Kobe, just go in there a little early at 9. He goes, I'll see you at 4.15. Bye, click. Kobe showed up, and he goes, what are you going to do? He says, oh, you don't need to pay attention. He goes, I'm going to get to work. So Kobe starts shooting, and he watched Kobe shoot for one hour and 40 minutes. He had written down, I have to make 800 shots before he ever started. He had intention to how he was going to work. And so while LeBron was still hungover, come on, Dwayne Wade was over there. Camilla Anthony, who's probably smoking some weed. Well, all those great players were in bed, hungover, they all came in at 11 o'clock to start stretching, and there's Kobe still at 11 o'clock, still shooting at the other end of the port. Why? Because I wasn't going to just do what's required. I'm going to do what's required and then some. I wonder if we looked at our marriages, and not as a marriage being 50-50, but imagine if all of our marriages said, we're not just going to do what's required, but and then some. Would that change the atmosphere of our marriage? Where we're able to create more value? Come on, and you made yourself more valuable in your intimate relationships. Because marriages don't die for lack of love. They fail for lack of intimacy. They die for lack of connection. Why? Because when we stop giving, we start getting. We stop getting. And by the way, if you started to look at your intimate relationships, you all get better than you give. If you were to write everything you get in a week versus what you give, most of us, come on, we get way better than what we deserve and what we give. If we did a little bit of math on that, when you walk into your marriage, are you a plus or a minus? Do you drain power or do you give power? Do you give passion or you drain passion? What's it been like lately to be in a relationship with you? Smile, even if you got four teeth. Try it. I had to break the monotony. That was a serious moment. Why do you say that? Imagine if we had a rela- an attitude, a mind. Come on. Because your attitude is a librarian of your past. It's a speaker of your present. But it's a prophet to your future. Your attitude determines what seasons you enter and who notices you and who ignores you. Your attitude repels people or draws people to you. Not your wisdom, but your attitude. Come on, somebody. That's why some people, with come on, they're not as skilled. They might have an attitude that allows them to achieve so much more, and they're more valuable. Imagine if we brought that into our intimate relationship. I'm not just going to do what's required this week. I wonder if we could change the dynamic of our home. What's it like when you come home? Do you add fire? Do you add passion? Do you add energy? Or, hey, it's been a busy day. It's been a busy day. That's okay once in a while, but every day becomes like, oh, our whole life is just a tired, busy day. I know what it's like to pour out my guts for hours and hours and hours on a stage, but I still got to go home and be able to rock her freaking world. Not like you always feel it, but you make a commitment. I'm not just doing what's required and then some. Because the Bible says you're to go all out for your wives and your husbands to nurture and cherish them and give yourself for them and sac- oh, sacrifice. I don't like that word. Why? Because nobody can make sacrifices for me. I even give, come on, or I don't. So I look at that, having an and then some spirit in my marriage that changes the dynamic of it. There's a woman in Genesis chapter 24. I wanted to read this story, and I, I, I went a little bit ahead of myself there. But Genesis 24, I want you to read this. And verse 16, we'll start right there. There was a young woman who's very beautiful. Someone say, gorgeous. To behold, a virgin. No man had known her. She went down to a well, filled with her pitcher, came up. A servant came to meet her and said, hey, please drink a little water. Let me have a little water from your pitcher. So she said, drink, my Lord. And she quickly let her pitcher down in her hand, gave him a drink. And when she finished speaking, or finished drinking, she said, I will also water your camels also. That doesn't sound too exciting, huh? Ten camels, by the way. Each camel has 40 gallons of water. They just went 500 miles, come on, across the Mesopotamia desert. They're on empty. No 7-Eleven, no Arco, come on. No Whole Foods if you're, come on, super vegan or whatever you are. You're Californians. And so she quickly emptied her pitcher into the trough, ran back, verse 20, to the well to draw water and draw for all his camels. And the man wondering at her remained silent as to whether he knew the Lord had made his journey prosperous or not. 
So it was when the camels had finished drinking, the man took a golden nose ring weighing a shekel and two bracelets for her wrist weighing 10 shekels of gold and says, who are you? Please tell me. And is there room to stay at your house? And she says, I am the daughter of Bethuel. This is interesting. This is the very first season of The Bachelor. (laughs) Abraham, the richest guy on the planet. His wife, Sarah, has died. Their son, Isaac, is grieving the loss of his mother. While he's grieving the loss of his mother, Abraham is thinking, hey, I got to get him married because I might go too. I need to arrange a marriage. As a dad of a girl, I like the idea of arranged marriages. Come on, somebody. I want to negotiate some dowry. Do I have any fathers of women and girl dads in the house? Come on. I like, come on. I have, a, I have a couple hollerbacks back there. So he plans this thing out. He sends his servant 500 miles to a certain area where women would go in the afternoon to get water for their families. So the servant prays a prayer. Eliezer, he prays a prayer. God, give me favor. I'm looking for a certain kind of woman, a woman that just won't give me water if I ask her to drink, but a a woman that will also want to water my camels also. In other words, she won't just do what's required, but then some. Why is it required? Because in Jewish culture, they have something called the law of hospitality that they always look to serve people with water. They'll say, would you like a glass of water? That's what was required and expected. That's why Hebrews 13, 2 says that they never know that you might be entertaining a stranger that could be an angel. That's why they serve water. Come on. So that was required at their time. But then she goes the extra mile and says, I'm not just going to give you water, but I'm going to water your camels also. In other words, I'm going to inconvenience myself for the next three to four hours. And 120 degree heat, says she was gorgeous. Can you imagine she's got her nails done at Mesopotamia Salon? <laughs> come on, she was listening, come on, to Coldplay, come on. My universe, come on, she's feeling good. All of a sudden she has these ugly camels in front of her, and she has a choice. Do I get involved and water the camels, or do I just do what's required and let them go? But she was of a different spirit. That was most people that say, that's not my gift. That's not my calling. Don't inconvenience me. Come on, my faith is all about me getting miracles. Not me being a miracle. Come on. Not me working a miracle. It's all about me. No, no, the Bible says you were made for him, not him for you. Life never makes sense as long as you're the focus of your faith. Faith only works when Jesus is the focus because why? You're made by his purpose and for his purpose. Holla back. That's good right there. She said, I like to water your, so that's three to four hours. Can you imagine mascara running down there in the heat, the man not helping her, and she has to have a hose, she has a bucket. Could you imagine her going to the trough, getting a bucket for three to four hours, 400 gallons of water. Each camel contains 40 gallons times 10. Come on. Most of us, oh, I don't like that. She could have cursed the camels. Come on. Complained about the camels. Those camels are like where you work. Come on. They're the places you have to go and serve and give it yourself. It's easy to complain. It's easy to do what's mediocre. It's easy to do what everybody else does. But inside of you is not a normal spirit. Jesus did not move inside you so you could do what the world does. The Bible says you're in the world but not of the world. You don't have the spirit of the world inside you. It says be renewed in the attitude of your mind. Put on that new man. Come on, somebody. Put this, touch your chest. Say, I need to put on Jesus, the new man inside of me. What do you mean by that? He said, just don't do what the world does. Do what the world does and then some. Isn't it interesting? Jesus said in Matthew 5, he says, if someone tells you to go one mile, go two. Why? Because Romans at that time, political oppression, they could take a Jew and say, Jew, Jew, you're a Jew. I'm in charge of you. Carry all my groceries home. And they would have to drop all their knapsacks, all their backpacks, and have to walk one mile and take it. And they had to do it by law or be put in jail. And Jesus was saying, hey, don't buy into their political spirit. Have a prophetic spirit. Don't just go one mile. Go one mile, but let your attitude be so strong that you don't let their oppression stop the kind of person you're going to be. Don't let the politics get inside you and pervert your purpose. You do what's required, and then some. Come on, somebody. Do what's required. I wonder how many days this woman would do this where no one ever looked at her, where she was overlooked. I wonder how many days you've been at your career and at your job, overlooked by bosses, overlooked by promotions, overlooked by other people, but you kept doing the right thing. Come on, somebody. You kept showing up with an attitude, a will to work, and other people didn't see you, but God does. God always has people observing you who are capable of blessing you. 
We always pray in church. How many of you ever prayed it? Am I the only one? God, prosper me. If you haven't prayed that, you're probably a liar. And if you did pray, or if you didn't pray, another part of it might be you have poverty in your soul. God takes pleasure in the prosperity of his servant. God gives you the power to create wealth. The hand of the diligent shall be made rich. I pray you prosper in all things and be in health as your soul prospers. I came, you might have life, life more abundantly. I take pleasure when you prosper, says the Lord. Watch how powerful. I wonder how many days she was overlooked under people that didn't care, but she was out there watering people's camels for three, four hours a day. But God was watching her. Come on. God was causing the right people to see her. I remember one night I was at a, Big festivity, and there's all these famous preachers there. And they were walking by in their big suits, John. Had their big rings on, praise God. They had that kind of a feel, you know what I'm saying? That's not the, my vibe. Come on, I have beats in my head. Come on, somebody. They're singing How Great Thou Art. I got Michael Jackson in my head. Beat it, beat. I guess that's why I got invited to Mike's funeral and they didn't. Come on, somebody. All of a sudden... All these ministers would walk by this woman. This woman sat there. She looked like she was really beat up, tore up. And they walked by there, and they were talking about all their meetings. It was cool, but it was like, okay. And I watched them walk by, and I go, man, I'm going to go just jump and put myself in that woman's world. Because I'm not going to do what's required. I'm going to do a little bit more than in some. I'm going to introduce myself. Hey, my name's Rex. Oh, she goes, oh, hey, nice to meet you. And then she didn't even say her name. Sat there for 10, 15 minutes, encouraged her. And I said, man, you look like down. I think God's going to lift that off today, and you're going to have more peace, and you're going to be able to make decisions in your life. She goes, who are you? Touched by an angel. My wife's like, yeah, whatever. Come on, say. <laughs> she goes like, thank you for, so much for brightening my day. I had no idea. She looked like she was one of the most impoverished people that was there. I had no idea she was worth over $800 million an heir to Carnation. She put a $96,000 convertible Jaguar in my driveway with a $20,000 check and said, you have no idea. I was at the end of my rope. When you decided to invest and just sit with me and pour into me when other people ignored me, you don't have any idea what that did for my life. We say, God, prosper me. God, bless me in America. Then I'll give you back some money. Come on, if you ain't going to give 10 bucks out of a dollar, you ain't giving a million out of 10 million. Quit lying to yourself. Come on, be a giver. You want to break greed off your freaking family? Become a giver. There's only one thing that breaks greed, and that's giving. The plans of the the noble, they're generous. Come on. They devise generous things. God, bless me, prosper me. He says, go a little further. Do the extra. In fact, when you ask God to prosper you, he sends you a problem. Thanks a lot. God, prosper me. Here's a problem to fix. God, bless me. He grease me. Enlarge me. Here's some problems to fix. Here's some camels to get. Are you going to curse the camels like everybody else? Or will you get involved in something that's unenjoyable? That might be sweaty. It might require some time, some energy and effort. But you're going to do it with a heart unto the Lord, knowing that he sees you. And if I sow, what I sow is about to... As long as the earth remains, seed time and harvest, as long as there's a sun, a moon, as long as there's a sun and a moon, I can sow and I can reap. Jesus said the kingdom works by sowing and reaping. Oh my God, we inventory, oh my God, we inventory all my needs. Oh my gosh, I got this need, I got this need, I got this need, I got this need. What about all the seeds you're sowing? I want to measure my day by how many seeds did I sow? Did I give my all? Did I put all my energy into it? Did I do a halfway job? Come on, some of you people, you know what I'm talking about. I didn't cuss. I did a halfway. I did a halfway. I remember coming out of professional baseball. I had no one that hired me to speak, but I felt it was a calling on me to speak. I would sit there, and I would speak, and I would go and speak to the empty chairs. Some of you heard that. I'd go into 2,000 empty chairs five nights a week. Try to inspire the chandelier, motivate the carpet, and heal the invisible people. Come on, somebody. The angels were like, yo, that kid needs therapy. <laughs> but then I had an opportunity. They said, hey, would you come help the little, little kids? They didn't give me the bigger kids in case I cussed. But they gave me the little, little ones. And you gave me like those little orange goldfish. Come on. And in my mind, my ego was saying, you're so much more above this. 
They were just paying you a lot of money to play professional baseball. They take pictures, and John would know this is a professional baseball player, ex-baseball player. They pay you to put you on cards. You have, opportun- you have opportunities galore. And then yet somebody wants me to go in there with 20 kids. That doesn't look, that doesn't look enjoyable. That doesn't look fun. No one's gonna, those kids don't know who I am. They haven't seen me play. Come on, somebody. I'm just talking real talk. But then I felt Jesus said, are you gonna do it for the audience of me or are you gonna do it for everybody else? If you'll reposition your heart and reposition yourself, and I will see it, and in due time, I will overtake you if you do it with the right heart attitude. I would show up on Sunday mornings with a little suit. Come on. People are like, Rex, what happened to you? You're going to go in there and start working with little four-year-olds and five-year-olds? I go, you might not recognize that now, but God's watching. I'd be there early. Come on, I would try to do my best to to teach a little bit of a lesson. I was sowing where I could. I didn't just give 10%. I would give 15%. Come on. Anything I could do, not just what was required, but to do something and then a little extra. God gave me some problems to handle. It It was interesting that only after about six months... I was walking down the middle of a road and all these about six uh, black, pitch black cars with a bunch of about 11 or so police escorts. And one of the leaders in the free world, I was walking, a friend of mine was a paramedic. Walking down and this guy rolls down his window, one of the leaders in the free world at that time, and he goes, who in the world are you? And I'm like, hey, I'm just Rex. No, 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 who are you? You have something special on you. I do? It's amazing when you get involved in his work, you start losing sight of how great you can become, but how great God can be in your life. I'm like, I do? He goes, yeah, can you have dinner with me tonight? I was passing by and Jesus told me to have dinner with you tonight. Okay, I don't got nothing else going on. Went and sat, had dinner with that guy. That guy changed the trajectory of my life. My life. I ended up in the peace process with Benjamin Netanyahu and that gentleman about three and a half weeks later in Israel and Amman, Jordan, flying on his G6. And my whole life and trajectory changed all because he saw me. God let that person see me. I'm saying this not to draw attention to myself. God is going to let people, and listen to me well. I'm prophesying to you for a minute. God is going to let, thus says the Lord, watch as I allow people in positions to increase you, to take you to other places. Watch as I put their eye on you over these next 45 days, says the Lord. For I will release a supernatural release of increase, a supernatural promotion over you and your ham family. Have I not said that my people would be the most blessed of the earth? That I would bless the work of your hands, not just the prayers that you pray. That means you got to put your hand to something. Come on, somebody. Put your hand to something. You want to prosper? Put your hand on helping somebody. Put your hand on healing somebody. Put your hand on serving. Hey, you need help today? I want to serve. How can I serve? What can I do? i got a towel in my hand. Jesus, the greatest master, the greatest model, the son of the living God, the sinless lamb of God, worthy of all glory. Before he goes to the cross, he gets down with cussing Peter, stealing Judas. Come on, somebody. And he grabs a towel and he says, how can I serve? I'm not just going to, I'm going to offer mercy before you even backtrack and backstab me. I'm going to offer you mercy. I'm going to ask you, offer you grace. I'm going to serve you a meal. I'm going to go above and beyond. Should not Jesus who did that to our enemies? Shouldn't we offer forgiveness first? I want to find a towel. You want to be the greatness in the kingdom? In the kingdom. Not in this world, in the kingdom. That's a person that just doesn't what's required. You want to know greatness. John and Andrew, hey, Jesus, we want you to sit on this side of your throne, that side of your throne. He goes, you got it all wrong. In my kingdom, greatness is spelled serving people, improving people, enriching people, getting your hands dirty to make things better. Something's about to happen in the next 45 days. There's going to be business transactions that have been on hold that are going to go through. There's two different investment things that are going to happen quickly. One, you're a gentleman, and one, you're a, one's been, one's been, uh, you've been in for about three and a half months, three, three months, three, three weeks. And then all of a sudden, 24 days or so. And then the, uh, uh, the 24th day of the third of the third month and the other one it's been in there for longevity over six years all of a sudden there's going to be a supernatural increase over that investment because God's watched seeds that you planted did he not say surely I'll do nothing without revealing my secret to the servants the prophets what are you saying watch what's about to happen in your life whenever you sow when something leaves your hand something leaves God's hand the only influence you have over your future is the seeds that you sow. And God's not just looking for a little, 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 little tip. He's looking to do something with your heart. Do something with your soul. Come on, how many know we're all working against the clock? 
How many know that life is fast? We don't know when the end is up. Come on. But I'm going to live every day with energy and passion. But I want that smile. I want him to say, well done, Rex. You didn't do everything perfect, but I saw you give it with your heart. You made a decision. You made a decision on April 30th. I'm not going to do normal. I'm going to store up my treasure in heaven. I'm going to get invested in the kingdom of God. Anybody feel me? So how does this work fast? Prosper where you're planted. Prosper where you're planted. Someone to say that to your neighbor. Say, prosper where you're planted. Say like you got energy. Prophesy at him. Come on. Prosper where you're planted. Don't wait to see how you feel tomorrow morning to decide what kind of day you're going to have. Your feelings will lie to you. Come on. You ain't got to lie, Craig. Come on. Those of you who ever seen Friday. Great wisdom. I love Chris Tucker. Prosper where you're planted. Number two, lend a helping hand. Jesus focused everywhere he went about doing good. What if you ask yourself, hey, if I go to Del Taco, how can I do good? If I'm at Starbucks, how can I do good? If I'm at church today, how can I do good? If I'm at home today, how can I do good? How many know that if your mind can make a heaven out of hell or a hell out of heaven, if you asked a better question, you would be in a much better state and you would show up more passionate, loving, visible, vulnerable, and valuable to the people you can serve and how you can make a difference? How many know that's true? What's the question? You can walk out of here. Jesus said, whatever you ask, you read. It's interesting that when this woman got done watering her camels, underneath those camels was all those riches buried underneath. Isn't it interesting that woman washed camels for four hours, watered them, and then the servant peeled back all the, the different blankets on top of that camel, and they were loaded with gold, riches, Wealth was in something ugly. Come on. Wealth was in a problem. Abundance was in a problem. And all of a sudden, they said, he says, can I go back to your house? Do you guys have room for us? He says, yeah. They go to the house. And Laban, her brother, sees it, all the gold and goes, who is this? And she starts to tell him the story. And he says, I don't got a lot of time. I'm looking for if she would be willing to become and be my, my servant's master's wife. And she goes, well, you got to ask her. And she says, I am willing. And when they said, I am willing, it says they uncovered all of his wealth that was laden in those dirty, smelly, ugly camels that the sister, not the brother, come on, the sister got involved with. She hurt her hands in it. It was ugly. She could have cursed her camels, criticized her camels, but she watered her camels. Some of you can curse your job, but there's a lot of people who would like your job. You can curse where your relationship is and complain about it, or you can invest in it again. Come on. And you can make the stock rise. Anybody with me? Come on. You can't get a hundredfold being a 30% person. Let's invest at a higher level. You sow little, you reap little. You sow much, you reap much. You, you decide your harvest, not God. If God determines your harvest, he's got to explain why the mafia's got more money than a missionary. Watch how powerful. And then she says, I'm willing, I'm ready to do it. I'm gonna step into my moment. I'm gonna step into my moment, I'm ready to do it. I walked up to a gentleman one night and I end with this story. He was in the back of the right-hand side about 22 rows up and I didn't know why. John, I walked up to him and I looked at him and I knew it was the Lord. And I just said, run! He's like, what the heck did that bald guy just yell at me? I go, run! He starts weeping and like, okay. He got up on his own. He took off running. He was doing laps around the church. It was awesome. It was like Equinox at church in L.A. He's doing his laps for free. We're all watching him. People are going bananas. I go, what happened? He came around the corner for the second time. I go, what happened? I've not been able to feel or run or walk on my own power for 22 years. And when that moment came that God said I could step, I didn't negotiate with my mind. I decided to stand and to begin to step and begin to run. Can I tell you something? This isn't a time to delay, procrastinate. It's a time to say, I'm going to become an immense some spirit. I'm going to do it. I'm going to do it with my heart, my soul. Anybody feel me in this word up in here today? Put your hand on your heart for a minute. Put your hand on your heart. Say, Jesus, I receive an excellent spirit. I'm not going to be normal. I will let my light shine that people may see my good works, but give you the glory. Forgive me where I haven't been living with passion. You told me to love you with all of my heart. Forgive me where I did it. 
I want to come back with all my heart. I want my heart to be set on fire. Fill me right now with your Holy Spirit. Just lift your hands just in front of your face. Lift your hand. Say, fill me with your Holy Spirit. Then you're going to feel like a wind. You're going to feel a warmth go through. Today's a turnaround day. In the name of Jesus. Some of you are going to see where you got to seize this moment right now. You got to seize it in your marriage. You got to seize it with your kids because they're going to get older. You got to seize this moment in your finances. You got to seize this moment in your health. You got to seize this moment. Come on to serve. You got to seize this moment. Not back up, but stand up. Come on. Not draw back, but come on, draw near. You're about ready to run at some things. This is a moment of supernatural change. Someone say, I receive in Jesus' name. Someone's had really, really bad uh, migraine headaches on the side, like in this part of your head. I can feel it. You've had it this week. Is that you, ma'am? Ma'am, is that you? Can you stand up, my love? Yes, ma'am. Behind the gentleman in the Seattle hat. Yes, ma'am. You, you, ma'am. What's your beautiful name? Ezra? Esther, what a beautiful name. You can't go wrong with that. You got sentenced to success at the beginning. Would you stretch your hands towards beautiful Esther? God loves you, Esther, and he's proud of you. He's proud of you. Lord, I thank you for taking the sting of defeat out of her, where she's felt, Lord, just in a, a, a one-down position. She's felt that for a period. And I thank you for a resurgence of hope, a resurgence of faith, a resurgence of love, and you're going to make up to her from past loss. I see even around 29 to 32, somewhere in that, things are going to be turned around from things you went through in that time frame. And the Lord's going to, you're going to feel his warmth, your healing presence, Jesus, flow through her neurological function and open those neurons that are on the left-hand side of her brain all around. Let your creative miracle healing presence, Master, there it is, flow through her. In Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. Ooh, you feel that? That's dope, huh? Isn't that cool? What's the difference? That pain should be gone. What just happened? Here, here, go ahead and interview her. I like you, whoever you are. You look beautiful. Go ahead and interview her. There's an insurance claim. There's an insurance claim that it's outstanding. There's an insurance claim. The Lord's yelling in my ear. Stand up. An insurance claim. What's your name? Brett. Awesome. What a good guy. You look like you're strong too. Stretch, stretch your hands towards Brett. Thank you, Lord. Thank you. Oh, you're a gift. Lord, I thank you for bringing, Lord, outstanding, Lord, and bringing this into right standing. I thank you for shifting things on his behalf. And I thank you for great promotion over him, Lord. I thank you for promotional opportunity in the month of June. You would expand his voice. You would expand his leadership. I thank you that, Lord, it will go from leading few to leading many. And I thank you, Father, for your hand of goodness upon him. And I cancel Satan's plans against him. I cancel Satan's plans against his life. And every tormenting spirit... I command to go. And I thank you that, Lord, there's great peace and prosperity. The Bible says those who love wisdom will spend their days in wealth and wisdom and peace and prosperity. In Jesus' name, bless his family, bless his beautiful family. In the name of Jesus. How many of you felt like for the last three months, like just, and we're going to be done right now, hindering, like just a hindering atmosphere around you? Have you felt like just a hindrance? Anybody felt that for real? And we're not going to overplay it like crazy, like, oh, that's crazy spiritual warfare. But it is spiritual warfare. Anybody? Anybody else? It's not natural. It's not logical. And you felt that? About four this morning, I was 
trying to be quiet in the hotel room because my little girl was sleeping in bed with me and my wife was in the other bed and they were sleeping. And I was up in the bathroom praying like, you can only walk so far in the Hyatt bathroom. Come on. Praying in tongues and, you know, me and Jesus. And I felt, and I didn't say this in the first service, but I want to say this because I want it to be recorded. That God's going to knock out a principality over this whole entire area. I don't say that lightly. Principalities govern most demonic forces that happen over regions and cities. And he sent me today. He's going to punch that out because there's a great revival of miracles that will happen in this place right here. Mark my words, these next two years, this will become a place where people just come even throughout the day. Miracles, leukemia, children with dyslexia. This day, this day, someone say this day, I feel the anointing. Rabba Sheke. If you know how to pray in the spirit, pray in the spirit for 15 seconds. Come on. Rabba Sheke. Come on, pray. 15 seconds. Come on. Come on, I'm going to pray. Before we go, Rabba Sheke. Rabba Sheke. This day, that principality come down in Jesus' name over this area. I break your power. That's created insanity and homelessness and perversion. Bow your knee to the name of Jesus. And I loose as a prophet. I loose the creative miracle healings and a revival of healing in this land. This well of revival that was stirred by William Booth and even before, now it shall be quickened and stirred again, a sustainable one, that Lord, the impossible will happen here. The incurables will be healed in this place. Mentally, mental derelicts will walk in here and walk out of here with a sound, clear, sober mind. For my Holy Spirit, my Holy Spirit shall take residence here in a way you've not seen since the 50s. Watch what I do over this area. Businesses will flourish. What other aspects of California won't? And yes, I will bring an, yes, you will see an earthquake come to the Northern California. For yet, I'm yet, I'm yet, I'm yet, I'm yet to seek out the gold that government has tried to bury. For thus says the Lord, there will be a change of the guard. Unexpectedly, you shall hear of something happening. And I will strike down that which starts to stand against me. That which was planned in 2019. No, I will bring it down, says the Lord. For I've watched the deprivation happen. And yes, your children, your children shall rise. Your children shall rise. The schools in this area shall come under the influence of my spirit. For the political spirit and the perverse spirit will not have dominion. For watch as I begin to move on your children. Watch as I begin to prophesy and heal through your children. Have I not prophesied already that God would raise up Samuels and Solomons out of this house? And the Lord says, I give you this promise. For miracles from this moment won't be an exception. They will be the norm. Financial, physical, mental miracles. Children, children, children shall be born in this place, says the Lord. Give the Lord a clap and a shout. every tormenting spirit against your mind, every hindering spirit against your health, every hindering spirit against your family and marriage, every spirit of strife, I break your power today. I break your power over all these God's people. I declare their marriages shall be restored. Love will win. Lust will lose. I declare greed will not win, but generosity in our homes. Healing will win, not sickness and diagnosis, and holiness and godliness and prayer. This will be a house of prayer. This will be a house of prayer. And your home will be a house of prayer. For as I do these things over these next three years, you will watch the invasion of my help at the sound of your prayers. Your prayers will give me access. And watch as I change things in the school dynamic. Even in the fall of October around the 14th, a device of Satan planned 
to bring a shooting to a school in this area is being cut off, says the Lord. For I've seen what has been planned and conspired in the dark. And yes, I'm bringing it down this day, says the Lord. I'm breaking its power. For you shall know peace even as you pray. For you're a, you are a hedge in the city. Don't make out this is not church. This is my kingdom operating through Awaken. Know that as you pray, I build the hedge up. And I will launch the greatest move of my spirit that you have seen in the earth. For I am bringing shift and change to the schools, shift and change over your families. And yes, this will be a summer to remember, says the Lord of hosts. Give the Lord a clap and a shout. Wow, what an amazing word. I hope you enjoyed that as much as I did. Hey, listen, for more information about our church, go to www.awakenchurch.com or subscribe to our YouTube channel if you haven't already and download our app. It is amazing. It is chock full of incredible messages, information about upcoming events, and you can even support our ministry if you feel so inclined. We loved having you with us today. We look forward to seeing you again. God bless you. Live a life that is transformative. Bye for now.